Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, we're excited this morning to uh, welcome with us Tom Egham uh, with Hope for Kids International. Um, it has become a tradition that um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we've had Tom come in. Uh, well, it's actually, I think it is officially now a tradition. Um, yeah, we... Um, for, for about the last 20 years, we have done this, except we were talking about this last night. You know, it was going to be a tradition, and then there was actually a number of years ago now that there was one Saturday night that I got a phone call, and he had booked the wrong flight for the day before, left me having to come up with a sermon in 24, 12 hours. So that was like, okay, the tradition's broken. You got to start all over again. But it's been long enough, and we let bygones be bygones. We're good about forgiveness around here, so... Um, we are just so, so grateful. Uh, we have partnered with Hope for Kids for over 20 years now. And uh, Tom's been a friend of mine for, well, longer than that. And um, we're just so excited every year that he comes. Um, he is with Hope for Kids International. And a number of people from Northgate have participated in uh, short-term mission trips with Hope for Kids. I figured it out the other night. I think with this last year's, we had like over 40 people now that have gone on a, on a trip to, uh, to Peru to uh, Romania, Russia, China, Cuba, um, Uganda. And uh, this last year, we had the, the largest group we've ever taken. We had 18 uh, people go with us to Uganda this last summer. Um, six of them, I believe, were high schoolers and middle schoolers. So it was just an exciting thing to see, to see it all grow and um, to see um, the ministry of Hope for Kids grow. And uh, we have just been such great partners and just so... Um, connected for so many years. It's always a privilege to welcome him back. So would you please, please give Tom a warm, warm Northgate welcome, would you? Nice, nice words. Wow. You're really kind today. I had a couple things I was going to say, and I can't even say them now. <laughs> but anyway, this is a, one of my favorite traditions. I love coming back here Thanksgiving weekend. My wife and our two youngest kids were actually with me. They just took off for the airport. Some of you met them uh, on your way in. Uh, but it's been great. The, the only negative is that when Sarah uh, gets over in the beautiful area like uh, this area, we stayed in uh, Sonoma County for a few days, uh, she thinks we should move here. Yeah, she's been begging to get out of Arizona for 14 years. So I said, well, I'll make the announcement. If anybody wants to live in Phoenix, I have a house over there. If you give me your house, I'll give you my house. I'm sure it's a good deal for, for me, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, it's been great having them along. And this last year, I mean, you know, since I was here, a year ago, exactly, I've traveled over 250,000 miles. I made uh, seven trips to Africa this year, uh, India, uh, uh, um, Romania, uh, a couple other places. I, I can hardly remember where I was, but I was there. But because of all my miles, I'm able to take my family along. So uh, a year ago, I took them to uh, Uganda with me, and our family gave a couple wells, so we were able to have all my kids there with me and, and Sarah, and we were able to uh, see the dedication of a, a well. And uh, I've got a couple pictures here of some of your uh, friends here that were a part of dedicating your wells this summer. And it's really, a, a, Ken, you mentioned that first service. It was just one of the highlights of your life. And uh, it's really an emotional thing. And I had 
my little daughter, uh, Sophia, she's nine, and she wanted to make sure I mentioned this today. She loves to hear this story, but when we went to dedicate one of our wells, we followed the villagers from the village down to the original source where they used to get the water before we drilled the well. And it's always a, a very awful sight. And uh, both Grant and uh, Sophie were down right at the water's edge when the village leader was telling about how awful this water was and children died from it and there was a lot of cholera from it and typhoid and all of that. And I was taking pictures and I saw Sophie look up at me with her uh, hand over her mouth. And I said later, I said, Sophie, why did you put your hand over your mouth? She said, Daddy, that was the only way I could stop myself from bursting out loud crying. She said, nobody should ever have to drink this kind of water. And it's really been inspiring for me, as I know we had young kids with us this summer from the church here and high school students, and, and uh, uh, it's really inspiring to me when I see the young kids really catch this passion. Uh, we were uh, at a pizza place one night a few nights ago, and we gave four quarters to our kids to play a little game, and, and she came back after playing one and said she was bored and gave them the three quarters back and said, put this in an envelope toward water. And, she, you know, I, I do that for her. I mean, she, they, both she and Grant have asked neighbor kids to help with water, and they've had little lemonade stands, and, and uh, one time they were selling, they were drawing art and selling it to the neighbors, you know, to help for water. But whatever it takes, but anyway, I, I love that. And, and I think when we can inspire this young generation and our children, you know, to catch that passion that people are in need all around the world, uh, and we're their neighbor, and, and Jesus asked us to go and be a part of their life and, and help them. And the way I look at it is everybody ought to have access to clean water. And there's still about 1.2 billion people that do not. And I know you're doing a walk for water again this spring. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. I know some in the church are raising money with their families. Uh, I just talked to a lady in the first service who raised about $2,000 through uh, just saving money as she's a hairstylist and saving money, and that goes toward water. I mean, we can all be a part of this, and it's more than just a feel-good thing. I mean, it really is, I believe, as a follower of Jesus, it's my responsibility to make sure that I, I often say I feel like I'm the voice of the poorest on the planet. They don't have a voice that all of us can hear. Uh, all of you that have traveled with us or with other missions, you, you now are the voice of the poorest people on the planet because you've seen it. You heard their cry. You saw their need. You saw how sick the children were and heard that 52% of the kids never reached their fifth birthday because of, of uh, diseases. Uh, diseases mostly coming from the water. They're waterborne diseases. So when we realize we can do something, so I just want to encourage you. I know many of you sponsor kids. Let me just thank you for that. Because sponsoring a kid, I know my little Sophie was bringing another picture to me today, and it pretty much happens every time she's along. And I said, we already have nine kids we're sponsoring right now. You know, it adds up, you know. And, but I love that, that you see a picture of a child and you can connect. And those of you that have traveled with us have been able to meet your children and spend time with them. And, and then you really see the difference you're making in their life. My first two girls that I sponsored 10 years ago have recently graduated from McCary University. Yeah, they're, I mean, they, we saw them through their education. 
I was, uh, one of them recently got married and I was in their village at the wedding and I met a sister of hers who looked exactly like her, just a beautiful young lady and, and she had never had a chance to get out of the village and she already had six children, was 23 years old. That's the plight of so many of these kids in poverty. But if we can educate them, if we can train them, if we can speak to them about issues of life and, and give them value, this is what can happen. And I mean, they're just story after story. Many of you that have traveled, have met your children, you've seen how precious they are. So thank you for sponsoring children. It's a dollar a day. All of us can do that if we want to. And if God speaks to your heart about doing that, I'm going to have to leave really quickly after I speak. I'm sorry about that. In fact, Sarah's already on her way to the airport. Ken, are you a good driver? You're going to get me to the flight? I booked a flight too early. I thought we had a 10 o'clock service and we want to get our kids home. So, uh, But anyway, Ivana, stand up, Ivana, and Ray, your husband. See, they're dressed nice like hope for kids. <laughs> Not to outdo Colleen. Where's Colleen? Yeah, look, show your shirt there. Wow, look at there, huh? There's a Hope for Kids shirt. But anyway, uh, Ivana's on our staff and just recently moved from Phoenix up to uh, Lincoln and came down today and she'll be manning the table there. She knows more answers about kids and sponsoring and all of that at my table than I do, so she'll remain. Thank you, Ray, for coming down from Lincoln today and being here. And uh, that's kind of the way it is this day. You know, you don't have to stay in our office to work for us. So she's one of the examples, and that's why I could actually live here. But anyway, another story. But anyway, uh, uh, thank you for your partnership. I want to show you a few pictures just to kind of, I, I think it's more powerful than our words. But, uh, well, there we are, Ashley. Remember that? Huh? On the equator. That's one of the fun things you get to do. He's on the southern hemisphere and she, no, he's on the northern and she's in the southern. They were hemispheres apart, yet are you guys still together? <laughs> are you good? Good. Because that's, that's dividing, that equator thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was a fun part. And some of you thinking, does Larry ever work? Yeah, Larry works. He's carrying water. But this is a great example for us that those little girls that go get water and, and, and the moms that go get water spend hours a day going to get water, and that's what they carry in their head. And that's a five-gallon jerry con, and it weighs 40 pounds. And, you know, Larry's not the smallest guy we've ever met, and he struggled to carry it. And you imagine in the heat and the up the trail and down the trail, and the good news is when you drill a well, the little girls that spend hours getting water now can go to school. Uh, the moms that were spending hours getting water now can start a business or work in the garden or do, do other things to help. Uh, the World Health Organization said the best investment for your charitable dollar is to put it in water. And I truly believe that. You drill a well for, uh, we can drill a well for $10,150, a deep water well, 150 to 300 feet deep. And we can, uh, we can know that that well is going to be there for 30 to 50 years. And to think of the numbers of people who are going to benefit from that. They're just on and on. But anyway, thank you for being a part of water. And here's dedicating one of the water, uh, uh, water uh, the wells that you gave as Northgate, right? Is this a Northgate well? Um, at a school called He Reigns, this uh, uh, African holding up the, the sign there is actually my twin brother. And, uh, I, uh, you know, he always says he got the good looks in our family, but anyway, he, he did. But anyway, here we are uh, dedicating that well. I think this next slide you see 
we cement it in and we put in uh, the donation and all of that. And, and that's uh, typical. This is a scary couple. Uh, <laughs> well, Rick's scary. Kima's just the, the cutest person in the world. Well, I don't know how she... How he ended up, or she ended up with him. <laughs> Am I in deep, deep yet? I think they're gone, aren't they? Yeah, they were here first hour. So anyway, they're really cool. But this is a typical well where we're drilling our wells. There's no electricity available, so it uh, uh, has the pump handle like that, and it's, it's really an uh, uh, effective way of bringing the water to the surface. A small child can do it. And uh, we have a, a water usage committee that we select before we drill, and they're in charge of making sure it's safe. Those posts you see around are to keep the animals away, and they watch over that, and we turn it over to them, and it's their responsibility. So we're, we're just seeing this is really effective. Here's Nicole with her sponsored child. Is that right? What's the child's name? Patient? Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful little girl. And was that special meeting her? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Did you give her that iPod or that iPhone? Oh, it's still there. Oh, great. Great. Thank Because we say the gift should not be that. Well, anyway, uh, let's see what else. So anyway, we have a, if you sponsor a child, we have a sponsorship day. We bring the kids. A lot of times we get to go to church with them. Then we bring them to the hotel and then they spend, they have a nice meal. You know, you see these kids eat. You that were with me, is it amazing what they can eat? I was trying to make a deal with the manager because I like deals. And so I said, come on, you can't charge me full price. They're children. You know, we were feeding 90 people that day and he wouldn't give me a discount. And later I saw why they ate more than I did. Right, Kaylin? I mean, they pile the food on. And it's just, it's, it's so fun. And then we play games with them all afternoon and hang out with them. And that's our group picture there. Um, now, I want to switch to uh, Namibia. Namibia is our most recent destination. And I know there are people that have heard stories about Uganda and Kenya and you saying, I don't think I want to do that. The long bus rides, using the short call in the bush, you know, stuff like that. This is Africa for you, okay? This is an easy trip. Even Betty could make this trip. <laughs> Serious. And she's not, did she leave too? I think I offended her. Good, okay. Uh, but uh, she, she did very well, even though we all know she's high maintenance, right? But anyway, she, we didn't think she'd ever go, did we? Yeah, and she went, she did very well. But this is for the Bettys that are here. Uh, Namibia is, a, is a, in South, South Africa, uh, South, used to be called Southwest Africa. It's a country, there's only about 2 million people in the whole country. And it's made up of these big, huge game farms, wild game farms. And so the children of the workers, they have to go to a certain place where there's boarding for them. Many of them are orphans and some are just farm workers' kids. So what we're doing, we're going to these, there's 19 of them that we're connected with. They're in terrible condition. Lack of running water, sewers running open, disease everywhere, uh, just awful. So what we're doing is we're going in, we're uh, tearing out all the, like this is the girls' bathroom, we tore out all the stuff, it didn't work anyway, went into the walls, put in new plumbing, we uh, uh, busted out, uh, well, that's, that's kind of a cool way of getting the, the old glass out. It, it's very effective if you've ever tried to do that. But anyway, we replace the windows. We uh, redo the electrical. We play with the kids. We do vacation Bible schools with the kids. We spend every day with these kids. You know, again, we're plumbing, uh, getting it all set up. Here's what the girls' place looked like afterward. Showers, sinks, everything worked. And to see the dignity in these kids. And we always say, 
We're here because Jesus sent us. We're serving him here. We want you to have the dignity to have running water, flush toilets, showers, because we want you to have a good environment to be able to be educated so you can break this cycle of poverty. And it, it's really a special time. They're so grateful. This last time when we were just there a few months ago, we gave out shoes to all the kids. That's Monica, our staff worker there. This is my little girl, Sophia. And uh, that was really special. We put on the new shoes and we realized their feet were really dirty. So we washed their feet first and put it on. And it was just, just an honor. I, I'm telling you, it's very humbling. I shot a kudu, which is like, you know, you can do that if you want to, uh, and to give food to the kids. And I gave a, about 400 pounds of food uh, to the kids, meat. And they hadn't had meat in quite a number of months, so they were really gobbling this down. They were loving it. That's one of the things that we do. I also saw the mattresses and the conditions, and I told the boys I was in this room, and I said, I said, we're... Uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to deliver new mattresses for you guys. And they're like, you mean we get a mattress for each kid? We don't have to sleep two in a bed? They'd been sleeping like two in a bed because there was a little foam there. And the joy and the excitement, we gave, we gave uh, blankets and, and sheets and, and mattresses. And in June and July, it's very cold down in that part of Africa. And so to see the conditions they were in and now, so that's a difference we can make. And, and you're, it, it's just really a... A uh, 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 fun place to be. Now, for you, they're saying, well, where do you stay? You know, do you have to stay in this? Here's a little view of the farm we stay on. It's a, a big game farm, 44,000 acre farm. This is the main house. Look, can you handle that? I mean, this is a, what, what more do I need to do to get some of you along? Betty, come on. Uh, but this is where we have our meals out, out, outside or inside, depending on the weather. And uh, nice accommodations, private baths, you know, everything European style. Uh, we stay right there uh, on that farm every night. That's the only place we stay. Uh, there's an outlook there. This, this is a picture I took from the yard. Uh, from the outlook up there of the wildebeest in the in the background there, uh, we go on uh, safaris and and uh, see yeah you see giraffe even you know and uh, uh, anyway that's that's just a glimpse into that so consider going with us in 2013. It's going to be a special year for me. It's my 40th year of doing this ministry. Uh, we're, we've got all kinds of destinations. Guatemala, we'll go there twice this year. It's a shorter trip. It's more affordable. The flights are, are much less than the Africa ones. Um, we're going back to Uganda three times. We're going to go to Namibia twice. We're going to go to Russia. We're going to go to Romania. Uh, we're going to go to Haiti. So there's a lots of destinations. I would uh, encourage you to consider going with us. And if you'd like to be in on a meeting, on the 9th uh, is, is a meeting right here uh, about opportunities for trips. Uh, oh, for Uganda. Okay, or, or where else you'd like to go. You just tell Larry, we don't want to go there, we want to go there with that group. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, I want to just take a few minutes to focus on God's Word. Because oftentimes I'm asked, why are you doing these things? Or why should I go on one of these things? Or why should I sponsor a child way around the world or whatever? You know, when the scripture says, go to Jerusalem and also to Judea and Samaria and uttermost parts of the world, that's a command for a follower of Jesus. 
one of the things that I've been focusing on in this, in this year is saying, am I doing what God's Word says? And I have a deep love for God's Word, and that's always going to be the foundation of my life. I can talk about experiences I've had around the world and build something out of the experience, but that's not what God wants. He wants us to follow His Word. And so simply by obeying His Word, I'm involved in what I'm doing. You're involved in what you're doing because of, as a follower of Jesus, we want to obey His Word. And I treasure God's Word. You, some of you remember when I first started in ministry, I was smuggling Bibles into the Soviet Union and Vietnam and China and Cuba and different places like that. And I gained a, a, a value for God's Word because I saw people that cried when they saw the Bible, that tore it into books and shared it with others. So if it was confiscated, they wouldn't lose a whole Bible. They hand copied it. I have talked to people that had scraps of the Bible and, and read it every day because that's all they had. I, I've seen extreme joy. A few years ago in Romania, I had a, a pastor come up to me and say and tell me that he remembered me from 1973. He said, you look the same except now your eyes are old. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but he said, thank you for bringing God's word to us. I mean, it was like God arranged this because the odds are so, so great that you'd ever meet somebody that you met, you know, in 1973. But I have gained this love for God's Word, so that's one of the reasons I want it to be. And so often, you know, we'll read God's Word to inspire us, right? You know, you'll say, oh, I was inspired by God's Word to do this, whatever. But, you know, the, God's Word is there not just to inspire us, but to convict us to be our guide, to get us back on track. It's easy to get off track living in the affluence in which we live. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to forget what God really wants in our life and decide what we want. And God's Word brings us back. And I just want to encourage you, take more time with God's Word. I'm trying to do that personally, to, to soak in God's Word, to read it and, and, and learn more of what God is saying. I mean, sometimes it's not very comfortable because it convicts you. And I often say, you know, if we haven't been convicted, we've just been picking out nice scriptures and we try to live by those, but there's convicting scriptures. So anyway, to say all of that is to say, listen to God's word. And then in James 1.22, James exhorts us not to just listen to the word of God, but, and do nothing about it, but rather we should be doers of the word. And then the next line is so interesting. It says, not deceiving ourselves into merely hearing, thinking merely hearing is enough. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, I was so inspired by church today. Pastor Ken, you really preach the word. I'm ready. You know, I'm, I hear it. I hear it. I'm so inspired. But we don't do anything about it. We don't make a change. We don't follow up. We don't do this. And that's where he's saying, don't deceive yourself. It's not enough to hear it and be inspired, but we need to go. We need to do. So when I look at the odds of us doing something, if you're inspired here this morning, uh, are pretty small. Uh, some say about 20% will actually do the task that they've been asked to do. I tend to think it's closer to 5%, just from my experience, that about 5% of the people really respond, that really do something. 
And here's my prayer. I want to be part of the 5%. If God's speaking to my heart, I don't want to say I'm in the 95%. I want to be in the 5%. If he tells me to do something, I want to do it. And I can tell you this ministry over these 39 years has been based on obeying God's word. Because when I see his word and I see the need in the world, how can I not but obey him and go? Sometimes when I sense God saying to me, I want you to do this, I, I, I am sensing God speaking to my heart in the last months, weeks especially, that next year for our 40th anniversary, he wants my family to do four wells. One for each decade that he's been faithful to us. Now, I would like to dismiss that and say there is no way I could ever do that. But I have a lot of relatives that I'm going to hound and get after. <laughs> say, you're part of the family. When he says you're family, he doesn't just mean me. And I hope next Thanksgiving I come here and say, we did four wells. I hope so. Because I think that's what, I believe that's what God is speaking to me about. I don't want to be a 95 percenter and say it's too much. I want to say I'm a 5 percenter. Is this kind of like being a Baptist here? Am I doing a lot of guilt preaching? Uh, I'm usually not this way, but I feel like I'm a Baptist now. Uh, is it okay? Any Baptist here? You're probably liking this. <laughs> no, but I don't like to motivate people by guilt. I like to inspire people. I like to say, this is what you could do. This is how God wants to use you. But sometimes I think God's word needs to convict us. Don't be a hearer and be deceived to think that's enough. We have to be doers. Some of us said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. We're saying I'm going to do it. And here we are. Wow. How many years later? We haven't done it yet. Let's say, I'm going to do it. I'm a 5%er this year. I've said I was going to go do that. Now I'm going to do it this year. And I think that, and if we verbalize that and speak it out in front of people, they're going to hold you accountable. Because you can say to me next Thanksgiving, how about your four wells? But that'd be too Baptisty. So, the four Baptists. I mean, I well, anyway, I like Baptists. But anyway, um, but I want to be a five percenter. I want to live out the purpose God has for my life. And I, I'm so inspired by these kids when they when they get inspired to do things. And I think I wish I could have been that young and caught this that early because I feel like time's running out, and I'm just. I, I want to live so much more. So live out the purpose of God. This purpose is clear in His Word. If we read it, He'll convict us. He'll guide us. He'll show us. And we'll have to step out in faith because He always calls us above our faith. Have you realized that? He doesn't call us out of our leftovers. He doesn't call us out of our abundance. Say, hey, you have plenty. Give a little bit of it. No, he asked us for more. I was talking to a guy recently. He said, I've got this benchmark, and I'm not going to give uh, if it dips into that. And my response is, what if God says to you, I want you to trust me and dip into that because your trust is in that right now. God does that sort of thing. And the joy, the, the, the uh, 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 sense of doing what God wants you to do is a great place to be. Recently, I was uh, 
on the farm in Namibia, and I met a, a rich German guy who was down there on a big hunt of leopards, and, and uh, he uh, asked me what I did, and I told him a little bit about Hope for Kids around the table one night, and he looked at me and he said, uh, I've led my company for 53 years. He said, I've worked over those 50 years and have little to show of how I've impacted the world. And then he said, I envy you. Boy, I don't want to be that guy. If God gave all that to me and trusted me with all of that, I'd sure want to make sure I got to see him use that or impact this world for better. God speaks about the widows. He speaks about the orphans that are close to his heart. He speaks about those that do not have food and water. He talks about those that are naked. He talks about those that are in great need. And then he says to you and me, now go. So if you're one of those saying, well, if there's a loving God, then why all of this? It's because we're not going. And I truly, truly believe that if we listen to God's word, obey it, we're going to see huge, huge differences made in this world. We're going to see gains instead of losses. We're going to see uh, stories of, of changed lives and changed nations because of releasing what God has given us. So in closing, I'd like to say, this is the purpose of our life as a follower of Jesus. I'm called to love. I'm called to be generous. I'm called to give. I'm called to, to go. So why are we doing these things? We're obeying. Don't just listen. Don't just be hearers. Be doers of God's word. Let's pray. God, thank you for your faithfulness, your patience, your grace that we've been singing and worshiping about how great you are and you are and there's none above you. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Now, God, we take these words, we're hearing them, and now we want to do with them. So, God, continue to speak to our hearts about the things of which you have called us to do that will demand great faith. God, I pray that we'll be found faithful at the end of the day. We surrender. who we are and all that we have and lay it at your feet and say it's yours show us how you desire that we would use it so God we give you praise and thanks for each family and person in this place we ask your blessing on each one and that we would truly be identified as followers of you, Jesus, by the way we care and treat others. So God, we surrender these words to you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Tom. It's challenging. I hope before this year ends that you make a decision to do something. 
there's a lot of ways that you can, you can do something. And a lot of times we think, oh, what could I do? There are so many ways, so many ways. With Hope for Kids, you could sponsor a child, $31 a month. Most of us spend more than that on a cup of coffee throughout the month. $31 could save a kid's life. You could, you could go on one of the trips, and we've got some trips Tom's talked about. We've got some trips also that we're going to be going um, with Hope for Kids, Uganda. And uh, there's going to be an information meeting about that. You could do that. You could buy a goat for a child for the Christmas. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I encourage you to stop by the table. Find a way to do something. Don't just listen. Do something. And what you will find is when you do what you think you cannot possibly do, God always makes up the difference, and you are blessed and enriched in your life because of it. So I just encourage you, take these words to heart. And before this year ends, do something. Make a decision and do something. Would you stand with me? Again, I want to thank you, Tom, for being with us. Thank you. Yeah. We have a plane to catch, so I got to buzz with him, so I won't be able to hang around. Tom won't be able to. But please stop by the table. Talk with Yvonne. Talk with Ray. Uh, talk with anybody that's gone on a trip, and they can tell you the life-changing experience it's been. But do something. God, we thank you so much for your great, great love for us. Giver of every good and perfect gift. And out of the generous abundance that you've given to us, may we learn to give to others. That we would be examples of a generous God and that we would change the way people view the church because we don't just talk about love and we don't just talk about generosity and we don't just talk about caring. We actually do it. So empower us to do your work in this world this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here with us this morning. Please stop by the table. Um, please, if you've been a guest, drop off that guest card um, in one of the offering boxes. Give us that chance to get to know you better. Thanks again. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. Thank you.